Hi, welcome to the Whole Therapist Podcast. We're leaving out the theorizing and exploring this strange phenomenon of being a human and a therapist. I'm Kelly, licensed marriage and family therapist, working in private practice settings as a clinician and a clinical supervisor in the Denver metro area. And I'm Abby. I'm a licensed clinical social worker and the owner of a group practice in the Denver metro area. Kelly and I are both registered play therapists, supervisors, and EMDR certified. So we're both therapists, but this is not therapy. And we're both supervisors, but this is not supervision. This podcast is purely for fun. So for any ethical concerns on your caseload, please refer to your state laws and licensing boards. And please remember to follow The Whole Therapist on Instagram, Facebook, and subscribe on your favorite podcast listening station. For more resources, blogs, and consultation opportunities, visit wholetherapistinstitute.com. So come join our conversation while we explore the embodied experience of neuroscience and authenticity in the therapy room. Hi, welcome to the Whole Therapist Podcast. I'm Kelly. And I'm Abby. We are so happy to have you with us today. Um, We are just going to full disclosure. um, We are recording this after we've already recorded an episode that we're going to release. You're about to hear the episode but that was recorded like a month ago. The reason why we're recording this is because we never recorded an intro to tell you what we were going to talk about. (laughs) So the next few minutes will be really wandery and we're attempting to co-organize right now. We're going to talk about patience. We're going to talk about trust. We're going to say trust the process. We are. We're (laughs) going to tell lots of stories and it's kind of long. Yeah. So is this a a lengthier episode? Yep. You know, we are only coming out monthly, so we're, we're hoping that this will be okay for people. Yeah, but um, let us know. We're so open to feedback. Yeah, and we're excited for you to come wondering with us. <laughs> Hi, welcome to the Whole Therapist Podcast. I'm Kelly. And I'm Abby. Happy spring. It's spring as we're recording this. Yeah, and it's a new moon. Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, we kind of sat here and brainstormed for a while to bring you a topic that we thought would be interesting. And I recently went on a trip with a group of friends and we are all in our own therapy. Um, and one of the friends kind of works in the field. She's not a therapist, but her and I were chatting about a variety of different things. And I began to talk to her about my own work in therapy and how sometimes blocks show up and how that's been helpful for me to notice that in my own sessions. Um, I suppose to go in a little bit more detail, you know, gosh, around probably this time last year, I was just noticing that there was some like anger that was coming up around my dad. And I have never been angry at my dad. I mean, typical, sure. Like I'm annoyed or mad or like a teenager, I'm angry at my dad. Mm -hmm. Um, But there was a feeling knowing like there was something therapeutic that needed to happen. And so I told the therapist, I know that I need to do this, but I'm not ready to do that right now. And then um, I had done some adjunctive work with an EMDR therapist around an unrelated topic, but all this stuff about my dad came up. And then uh, I left that adjunctive EMDR therapist and went back to kind of full-time with my current therapist. And we've done some of that work. You know, she does a lot of somatic work. Um, There's lots of safety. We do kind of, it's probably not IFS, but lots of parts work. I think that she's the longest therapist I've had since my last longest therapist. (laughs) Isn't that always true? Yeah. I, I, yeah, she's the longest I've ever had since I've moved out to Colorado. Okay, yeah. Um, and I just enjoy her. And every session I leave, I can feel a difference days later. 
So, you know, there's safety there. Um, there are times when I go in and really can do the work around my dad. And then there are days where I show up and I am ready to do that. And when I show up, all of a sudden, uh, this part that we've identified as this like kind of five-year-old self that just really like sticks her foot in the mud. I feel angry. I try to check in with my body and I'm like, I don't know, there's nothing there. Mm. Um, I kind of start looking off and I'm just thinking about other things, which I think is on some spectrum of dissociating. And then I come back and I'm like, sorry, like I started thinking about something else. So I just have become curious about that in the work that I do with my own clients, which we can talk about more, but I'd just be curious um, your experience around that. I am just listening and like resonating so much with the experience of having a wonderful therapist and so much safety. Mm -hmm. And then in certain moments or certain sessions or days, like a stuckness, I have this mint like stuck in my throat that we like, hold on a second. (laughs) I don't know why either. It's not like we sit close enough for you to smell my breath as I'm talking, but Oh yeah, I just liked them. It was so yummy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Okay, but I just resonate with the stuckness that comes up. It sounds like part of you so much wants at that point now wants to work through the anger Mm -hmm. with dad. Yep. And yet there's a part of you that's very like stubborn and won't or or whatever's happening for the five year old. Yep. And I notice in my body, it's very body based for me. Like I'll, I try to be really intentional with therapy, Mm -hmm. and allow a lot of room for whatever comes up is what needs to be there. And I want to be so intentional, like, here's what I'm working on, or here's what I'm bringing in today as a client. And I just notice, like, I can feel so empowered or ready or organized around something. And then in the moment, yeah, it's like safety leaves my body. And, um, there's typically a lot of anxiety or dread, Mm. Or annoyance. Like I do have a very strong teenage part. That's like, this is effing dumb. Like, you know, just very like, I'm not talking about this. I don't want to be here, you know? And it's really interesting how it's usually around when I'm doing like the pre-verbal work or generational kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. There's just some tender spots and they don't even, it'd be easier for me personally if it looked like weepiness Mm -hmm. or something tender. Yeah. And it often looks like something kind of bratty. Yeah which is hard for me to be with because then I just judge it all. Yes. Right. Like to the brattiness idea. I I maybe haven't said that, but I feel like I'm a brat. Right. Yeah. But then, and then it's almost intolerable some days to have the therapist's warmth in the midst of my bratty part. Mm -hmm. And yet like so good. I don't know if that answers your question. Like if that comes up for me, we're just like six minutes in and haven't named the topic. Yeah. (laughs) Drum roll. (laughs) Because the topic that we want to talk about is patience and impulsivity. Yeah. Would you might have guessed from what the title will be that you see on Okay, here? fair. <laughs> we just kind of launched in here. I mean, Kelly and I have been talking for like an hour before we <laughs> recorded. Yeah. Um, but as clients, like you had this experience and I resonate so much with trying to be patient with your own process. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think what you brought up, this judgment piece, right? So here I am and I'm, I'm just like... Like, I know earlier you had something about, like, wanting to cuss out your therapist. Mm -hmm. And for me, I'm, like, cursing myself out. 
um, of just like, come on, are, are you effing kidding? Like, why can't you just like move towards us? Like, this is what you wanted to do today. So it does feel bratty and it feels stubborn. And I've also been shamed for being stubborn. Yeah. Right. So then all the shame comes up because it's the same stubborn feeling. Yeah. Yep. Um, so as we were trying to come up with a title for this, I think we were, uh, you know, right now we don't have the exact title, but I suspect that somewhere along the way we'll come up with a title that says something about patience in your client's process or patience in the process, I think is what we talked about. I just love alliteration. So yeah. we should definitely. <laughs> patience in the process. It's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that cued us to um, say, well, what does it mean to be patient with yourself or to be patient with your clients? But you and I, we did read the definition, but we had a different view or thought of what patience was. Do you remember what you were thinking it was? When I think about being patient as a therapist for my client um, or like a supervisor for a supervisee, I think about holding holding, like I'm putting my arms out, like making room, holding space for whatever's going to come next. Mm -hmm. So there's for me, patient patience means like I'm with this uncertainty and I'm curious about it and I'm not going anywhere. I'm not leaving you. Mm -hmm. I'm right here. Mm -hmm. I'm like holding this and time is not some like transactional thing. Like it's, there's no wasting time. I really hate that phrase. Yes. So, but I was so wrong. That's not what it means. In the I, dictionary. Yeah. And I, I think that mine, I could go with more words, but I think that what you've described is very similar to what I was thinking yeah. as well. It's more around the time of like, we're going to get there when we get there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and there's not this consumerist, which is okay. A bit tangential. This is really hard in our field because people are paying yes. for our time. Yes. So it becomes very like, you could literally do the math on per minute how much you're being paid. And that's really hard when we're talking about patients of like, oh, time is. That's a really good point. I think that's really hard in this field. And I think it's one of the flaws or the tricky things of, of, do, of everything. Well, Capitalism. Definitely. Yeah. And people have, uh, there are people that have the privilege of not yeah. having to worry about how long it takes. I know. Yes. Yeah. So it's a good thing to name. Yes. Also, we were horribly wrong about the definition. <laughs> so, okay. Per, what is this? Google? No. Per Oxford, the dictionary, patience is the capacity to tolerate delay or trouble or suffering without getting angry or upset. It's so funny that you said that because I've heard, I, you know, you read the definition before, but just now when you said the word suffering, mm. our um, colleague that Abby and I share the space with, I was just telling her, I don't know, within the last month, that my biggest fears in life, the biggest fear I have, like, you know, people are afraid of spiders, all those things. Mine is to be tortured or suffer. Just to suffer? Yes. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, Just like I was talking about like torture? The Last of Us. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I was like, they're just suffering in that movie. These cordyceps are like really haunting our podcast now. <laughs> yes, if you listen to the episode of this first season or the first episode of this season, okay. we talked about The Last of Us. Are you done with the show? Or no, is it, I no? have one episode left. But it's done. It's not like an uh, like oh, episode that another, is still coming another out. Another season will come out. Oh my gosh. Yeah, but hopefully okay. it's <laughs> Okay, but your biggest fear is to be tortured or suffer, yes. like ongoing. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sounds so, a bit like hell. Right. Like, so actually. I'm just thinking about this definition. Yeah. Of like, 
Well, of course it's difficult. Um, mm. Maybe it feels like torture. Maybe it feels like suffering. I, you know, I don't, I don't know if that's true, but um, I just think this like idea that the real meaning of patience is something around tolerance is hard for me to. I think that might be true. Well, isn't tolerance being with? Like I can tolerate yes. my child's anger because yeah. I can be with it. Sure. Yes, that makes sense. So sometimes patience, I guess, involves suffering. I just don't perceive it that way in session. Hmm. Do you feel like you're suffering with your client? No. No. That's just, so maybe it's not the right word. Yeah, maybe it's not patience. Yeah, because I think you and I were also talking about, from an IPMB perspective, how would we mm-hmm. name patience? Mm-hmm. I think you had said something. Did you say tolerance before? Well, I don't even know if the word tolerance would be in Bonnie's book. Yeah. Right? Like, I'm sitting here next to it, and it's yeah. like, mm. There was a word I feel like you had said earlier where we were like, oh, well, maybe patience is this. But I was I talking about implicit memory. Yeah. Maybe we were saying it was being with. But we were talking about, oh, this is the impulsivity. If you're not being patient, then are you being impulsive? And one thing you had named earlier is that what we're talking about right now is just on the edge of our own work. Okay, so you're noticing this. Like, Kelly and I are sitting here like, hmm. (laughs) As we're both in our own therapy kind of at the edge, as maybe many of you are, too. Yeah. And we've talked about we just can't take clients further than we've gone. It's similar for this podcast. We are are moving towards this topic and wanting to talk mm-hmm. about, but we may not get all the way through it because we just haven't been all the way through it. Or like check back in six months. We'd have a totally different way yeah. of being with it, which I have to say has been really helpful for me to name with people lately. Mm. Like, well, here's my answer today, but as I'm growing, I might have a totally different perception in a few months or years. Or I love that. Um, yeah. I, I do think that like impulsivity comes up in me as a therapist when I'm not being patient or being with, mm-hmm. um, it's a bit more reactive. Yeah. Or I'll kind of reach for like a left brain tool. If there's too much silence or if the client isn't moving and I am having a hard time holding space or something, it is impulsive in me. And I see that with supervisees too. Yes. Yeah, I can relate to the impulsivity. I can certainly talk mm-hmm. through that. But my brain is moving back to this question that you had around, like, well, is it patience that we're talking about then? So is it just being with the process? Which I think sounds very close to, like, trusting the process. Oh. <laughs> Which is just like, you know, we all hear it. It's kind of an eye roll at it. I do think that the word trust lands a bit more than patience. Okay, let's see what Oxford says about trust. Hold on. Lots of nouns coming your way today. Reliance on the strength or truth of something or someone. Well, we would. We've talked about this. We've said you have to believe that your clients have everything within them to heal. And if you can wholeheartedly believe that, then it's very easy to sit in the process because you know that they already have it all. And you also don't have to be impulsive because you already know like there's nothing I can give them that they don't already have. Yeah. Firm belief in the strength of someone or something. That's an annoying phrase, trusting the process. And I think it is a title of another, but it lands more than patience. The firm belief or like the unshakable belief that, um, yeah, they have everything in them or that our nervous system will always lean towards healing with safety. So then if this is the edge of our work, and I'll speak specifically for me, I do hold that about clients. 
it must sometimes shake when I move into like left brain or, um, you know, strategies. Can we believe that about our clients, but then potentially not hold that belief for ourselves? I think it's the parts again, right? Part of you or part of me might really know and believe this, but then like the five-year-old may not. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. I think that's I how think, I would use it in session. Too. Yeah, right. Like there's just different parts of us that hold those different stories. And then that's why, probably why our therapists are so kind to like welcome the disbelief of all, yeah, any and all part. Yeah. But then the word trust brings up, I, I know that trust is in Bonnie's book somewhere, but we know all the things that it takes to actually trust somebody. Um, and then I don't know what your thoughts are on this. If, if they're um, interchangeable or the same, but you have to, I, you have to be in connection with somebody to trust them or you have to trust them to be able to be in connection with them. And then I'll go a step further. If parts work, like, do you have to be in connection with all of your parts so that they can all trust each other? Or do you have to like trust your part so that they can be in connection with you? Say the first question again. You have to trust someone to be in connection with them or you have to be in connection to then trust them. Yes. It feels like uh, a little bit like the infinity loop of like developing the self for like a baby. Mm. It's like, well, the baby only knows that they're a baby because of the look on someone else's face. Mm -hmm. And the look on the face determines who the baby believes they are. Mm -hmm. And there's something like loopy about that. Yes. It kind of feels like that. Like you'd have to be in some connection Mm -hmm. to begin to build any trust, but you'd have to maybe have some budding hope or trust to even deepen connection. I don't know. It feels a little more like sing-songy. So if you have a client who you have a a pretty good belief that they're very safe with you, um, you have this great rapport, they show up one session, they move towards it, but then the next session, they're not able to move towards it. Which part of, is it that there's a part of them that has lost the Mm. connection? Or is it something that maybe occurred in their day? I think it goes back to what Bonnie's saying about implicit memory and her wording that it's an embodied anticipation. So if a client comes in differently that next session, it could be that something overtly happened that they have explicit awareness of, or maybe not, but it's awakened some kind of like body-based, I'm anticipating not being heard. Mm. And it's so kept out of like verbal awareness, right? So it's typically like their body language is off or like I had a client today that had like three pillows on their lap and you can just feel the protective guardedness Mm -hmm. that was there today but it's an awakening of some like implicit neural stream or something yeah Mm -hmm. and I think the reason why I'm just like noodling this around so hard is I, I do it even in my own therapy where I really am like but I just need basically explicit I need the explicit and then um, what we end up sitting with is confusion and how I hate sitting with confusion. Yeah. Isn't that why we do therapy with an other? Like it's that co-organizing. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about the circle of security. Like part of what our therapist would do for us is co-organizing, even naming the confusion. Yes. Like, yeah, you came in here and then this happened and there's confusion and now I'm here with you in it. Mm-hmm. Just the narration of that. Yeah. Um, Bonnie says over here that 
like the the meaning of behaviors generated by the implicit memory can change through the process of memory reconsolidation. Mm. Often this is fostered within warm, responsive relationships. And I love her question here. So she's talking about how the meaning of the behaviors. So like my bratty self, the meaning of that behavior can change through memory reconciliation, reconsolidation. Why can't I say that word? But she has a question here. Are you aware of having a memory's feeling state change through the support of another? Yes. Like, I think that is the transformative. When you become aware of having a a memory feeling state change through the support of another. Mm -hmm. I guess what's coming up for me as I hear those words is if in one session, either myself or my client processes through a memory and they can move towards it, it has shifted all of the memory networks in the body. So then when they show up the next time or I show up the next time, those memory networks are different. So with repetition. Yes. Then it's back to this piece of like having to go over and over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of grace for what people need in their nervous system. Like how many times do you need to have that experience to like shift the memory feeling state? Yeah. Um, in a like lasting way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess to put it in words, I've talked about this before, but like SPT, Lisa talks about that funnel, mm-hmm. right? And it's that we have these experiences over and over again until we integrate all of it, yeah. right? So it's just this other, other way of talking about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's exactly what it is. It's just that we show up this way so that we can then, I don't know if it's subconsciously put ourselves in it in an experience that would give us a disconfirming experience. Mm -hmm. Fascinating. How's your body doing? (laughs) You're like really leaning in here. (laughs) I feel very impulsive. (laughs) I think the the question that comes up then, as you've heard Abby and I going through our own process with this, is what what we're asking folks to do is then become aware of their own process Mm -hmm. if you're in your own therapy and how that's showing up in the therapy space. And as you kind of heard us move through the process, do you have a listening partner that you could find to talk through this? Because I'm noticing a settling in my body as I'm holding in mind some of these clients that I've had a really hard time with. I'm yeah. like, oh, they're just showing up for the funnel. Yeah. And I'm already noticing that I can feel a shift to be like, oh yeah, next time I'm with them, like I can be with them a little bit longer. Yeah. I think it would be so encouraging to us if you wanted to let us know or just energetically um, go connect with that listening partner because it doesn't have to be like an expensive consultation group or like a paid training or I think the most transformative relationships are peer support too or um, I think I've talked about you've talked about your listening partner Mm -hmm. I've talked about the art group that I do with a couple women once a week and it's like the, the most healing thing Yes. I've ever done. Um, and it's free, but like invaluable. Right. And so, um, find your people that you can talk to about all of this or Kelly and I were just processing some clients before recording and it's all very settling, but we're honoring, we're honoring the process with you of your own work. Um, because that directly influences how we show up with our clients. So we just hope that you honor, honor your own process too.